There's a reason that we bear witness that God has done great things. Because the scriptures say that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there are times in which we need to remind ourselves that God has done great things. Because if God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then the God who has done great things is the God that is doing great things, is the God that will do great things. And I don't know if you stand in the posture that you need God to do something or you need God to be doing something right now. But the reason we come to the house of the Lord, the reason we come online is to remind ourselves, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless God's holy name. Why? Because God has done great things. I wish I had somebody that would give God some glory in the house today for that reminder of the ability of God. And if God has the ability to have done it, that that means that God can do it right now. Amen, somebody? And that means that God can do it next week. Amen, somebody. And so I don't know about you, but that's good news. Amen? That's good news. That's good news. That's good news. That's good news. You may take your seats in the presence of the Lord. Our scripture reading for today. Our focal place in scripture will be Acts the 14th chapter, the 19th verse. Acts the 14th chapter, the 19th verse. But if you would allow me uh, to be able to set the context for Acts 14 by taking us to Acts the 7th chapter, the 57th verse. Acts 7. 57. Reads us, yelling and hissing, the mob drowned him out. Now in full stampede, they dragged him out of town and pelted him with rocks. The ringleaders took off their coats and asked a young man named Saul to watch them. As the rocks rained down, Stephen prayed, Master Jesus, take my life. Then he knelt down, praying loud enough for everyone to hear. Master, don't blame them for this sin. His last words, then he died. Saul was right there congratulating the killers. Saul was right there congratulating the killers. And now uh, our focal text for today, Acts, the 14th chapter, the 19th verse, Acts 14, 19. Then some Jews from Antioch and Iconium caught up with them and turned the fickle crowd against them. They beat Paul unconscious, dragged him outside the town, and left him for dead. But as the disciples gathered around him, he came to and got up. He went back into town and the next day left with Barnabas for Derby. After proclaiming the message in Derby, and establishing a strong core of disciples, they retraced their steps to Lystra, <coughs> then Iconium, and then Antioch, putting grit in the lives of the disciples, urging them to stick with what they had begun to believe and not quit, making it clear to them that it wouldn't be easy. Brothers and my sisters, I want to preach a sermon today, as you join me in a word of prayer, um, it won't be easy, but it will be worth it. It won't be easy, but it will be worth it. 
Come on, let us look to the Lord God. In Jesus' name, we give you glory. Thank you, God, for your hand and your power, your grace and your love. Now, God, in the name of Lord Jesus, hide me behind your old rugged cross. Speak to me and through me. Uh, God, you get the glory today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. It won't be easy, but it will be worth it. You know, it's an interesting thing, uh, but one of the larger challenges I often have as pastor uh, in conversation with people is helping them to understand that just because something is hard doesn't mean God's hand isn't on it. For some reason, uh, we ha have gotten to a place theologically in this nation, in this world, in which people have started to believe uh, that um, uh, th th in order to prove that God's hand is on something, uh, is proven by its ease of journey. The people, I hear them say it all the time, I hear them say it all the time, that um, if I make this decision, I'll know that God's hand is on it because God will bless it. If, if I do this, I'll know that God is in it because it will be easy. Uh, but that's not scriptural, and that's not Bible. And I know I wasn't going to get in a whole bunch of shouting with y'all right now, uh, but the reality is, uh, that as Christians, that does not automatically give us the staples easy button. That, that, that we want everything to be easy, uh, but the reality is that life's not easy. Uh, the reality is that you can be doing the right thing for the right reason, God's hand be on you, and you still be catching hell. And God still be with you. You see, the challenge is, because we've shaped this faulty theological premise, then what happens is that when folks are going through, they think that God is upset with them. That when folks are going through that they feel like they're doing something wrong. That when folks are going through and having challenges in their life, they feel like they missed it. That when folks are having challenges on their job or challenges and something they attempted to do, they feel like they've missed it, not realizing that they could be right where God has them to be. Okay, y'all don't want to hear that. I, I understand because y'all want me to tell you jump up three times and get your car. Y'all want me to tell y'all uh, to shout loud enough and you get the house. But the reality is that sometimes you get the car through bankruptcy court. That you get bankrupt and, and, and then get your credit right and get your finances together and then you're ready to get the house. And sometimes, you, you, sometimes it's not easy. And, and so I've come by to talk to somebody today because I've got too many folks who are giving up because it's getting hard. I've got too many folks who God has put you somewhere. God is trying to do something with you, but you are giving up because it's getting a little rough. That it, it, you're giving up and, and you've allowed folks to put you in a, in a trick bag to allow you to think that God is not with you. But sometimes what shows you that God is with you is the amount of haters you've got. That sometimes what shows you that God is with you is the amount of opposition that you have. That sometimes with what God is calling you to do, uh, the opposition comes along with the journey. Good God Almighty. Uh, but I've come by to talk to somebody today to tell you it won't be easy, but it will be worth it. I've come by to let you know that I, I, I know, I know, I know, good God Almighty, that it's rough, but the Bible does say that weeping may endure for a night. In other words, the Bible doesn't say you won't cry. 
but joy will come in the morning. Uh, the Bible does say, don't grow weary in well-doing. Lord, have mercy. For in due season, Lord, have mercy, you shall reap a harvest if you faint not. Your issue is not whether it won't get hard. Your issue is if you've got what it takes not to give up. Somebody in here, my word for you today is not that it won't be rough. My word for you today is you're tougher than what it is. My word for you today that this is rough as it gets, you're rougher. Lord, have mercy. My word for you today is this is as tough as it gets. What God put in you is tougher. My word for you today is that with God on your side, I don't care how hard it gets, you can make it. It may be rough, but it'll be worth it. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, it'll be worth it. You can get through this. Turn to your other neighbor and say, neighbor, you can get through this. You've got what it takes. When we look at our scripture, we find in our scripture, I, I had to prove my point to you all. We find our scripture, the apostle Paul. Uh, the, those biblical scholars here know that Paul's name first was Saul. Paul's first name was Saul. He was someone who persecuted the Christians. Uh, Jesus had a conversation with him on a Damascus road, uh, shifted him, changed him. He got converted, and then he became Paul. Uh, he changed his name from Saul to Paul, and he became one of the great church leaders of his generation. Became one of the great church leaders of his generation and went to take the gospel all over the world. Uh, not just to the Jews who the gospel was initially shared with, but to the Gentiles, for those who were not of the Jewish community. He went, and, and he would go on these journeys all over the place, shaping churches wherever he went. And, and we find that Paul and Barnabas had only been on the journey. Uh, they had gone to a place called Antioch, and they had uh, preached the gospel there. And, and, and the challenge was that uh, uh, they preached the gospel there. They, they got believers there. They started churches there. Uh, but then uh, uh, there ended up being folks who, who, who were plotting against them in Antioch, Jews who were plotting against them in Antioch. And, and, and so they left Antioch and went to a place called Iconium. They went to a place called Iconium, and they went there, and they started churches there, and they, they, they brought up disciples there and they groomed people there and, and, and in the midst of that, uh, uh, that all of a sudden there was a plot to, to, to stone them there and, and, and so they found out about it and they got up out of Iconium and they went to a place called Lystra. You all know Lystra because I preached about Lystra in August that Lystra was where there was a lame man who had been lame from birth, and, and, and he got healed that day. And, and the folks of Lystra got so excited about the healing. These were folks who, 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 who Lystra didn't have any Jews. Lystra was a Gentile land, and, and, and they got so excited that they celebrated Paul and Barnabas like they were gods. Celebrated Paul and Barnabas like they were gods, and, and Paul and Barnabas were like, no, no, this is about Jesus. And, and, and what happened is the Bible says that some Jews came from Antioch and from Iconium and followed them to Lystra. And what we find is the Bible says the Jews stirred up the crowd, the fickle crowd, Lord have mercy. So they stirred up the fickle crowd, and they ended up beating down Paul to the point in which they thought he was dead. They beat Paul to the place of death. They dragged his body to the outskirts of the city. He dragged his body to the outskirts of the city. But the Bible says when the disciples got around Paul, Paul came too. Got up, came back into the city, and then he went off and did some ministry work in some other places. I'm trying to share that with you because Paul was doing God's work. Everywhere he went, he was going because the Holy Spirit told him to go there. 
but yet he faced opposition in every single location he went to. He got beat down, not because he was doing wrong, but because he was doing good. I've come by to tell somebody it won't be easy, but it will be what? One of the first things I want you to understand, and when it won't be easy, but it'll be worth it, um, is you've got to understand that sometimes things do go wrong. Turn to your neighbor and just tell them, neighbor, sometimes it does. It, it's just it's what it is. It is it is what it is. Sometimes things do go wrong. What do you mean, Reverend? Well, if you look at it, uh, here goes Paul and Barnabas, and they're in each situation, and whatever situation it was, as good as they were doing, something went wrong. You've got to understand uh, that along this journey, Lord have mercy, there will be challenges. And along this journey, there will be rough seasons. But just because it goes wrong doesn't mean you're not right. Let me back up for you. Just because something is going wrong does not mean you're not right. I've got to keep reminding you all of that. Just because something is going wrong does not mean you are not right. And the issue is that too many of us give up too early. That God is with us, God is walking beside us, God is in the midst of the journey with us, but because something goes wrong, we feel like that is a witness from heaven that we're doing the wrong thing. Don't ask God, God, if it's going wrong, does that mean I'm doing the wrong thing? Just ask God, am I in line with what you have for me in this season? God, am I where you want me to be? Because if I'm where you want me to be, then I understand that what's going wrong will just be a season, but not the whole process. That I understand that I've got to get through this to get to what you've called me to be in it. Turn, turn to your neighbor and say, you just got to get through it. You've got to, you, you've got to get through it. That, that you can't, and too many of us, that when it starts to go wrong, give up on it too early. And, and, and because, let, let, let me help you. One of the things I've come to understand, I was working at the Small Business Administration when I was younger, um, and when I was able to work with just entrepreneurs from all over the nation, um, and some of the top entrepreneurs, some of the top business leaders, and what I realized from entrepreneurs is that for most entrepreneurs that we knew because their businesses were so great, had at least four businesses to fail before the fifth one took off. The entrepreneurs know that, that they are people of failure. Okay, I just said something that's supposed to help somebody. The entrepreneurs know that they are people of failure, but it does not mean that failure makes them failures. That just because they fail does not make them failures. It just means that they have to learn the lessons in the failure to be able to see how to shape it for the next go round. And so they'll try one business, and that business fails and goes bankrupt or whatever, and they'll go back to the drawing board and say, okay, well, what's the next thing, and what can I learn from the previous thing to help me in this go-round, and, and in this go-round? A, a good entrepreneur, because the first business fails, does not believe, therefore, that they don't have a good business in them. They just understand they've got to keep pushing until they find the one that clicks. 
And somebody here, you just got to keep pushing until it clicks. I know it's rough. I know it's hard. I know you're trying to figure it out. But I've come by to let you know, if you keep on pushing, good God Almighty, your breakthrough is right around the corner. If you keep on pushing, uh, that your purpose is right in front of you. If you keep on pushing, why? Uh, because uh, it, it might not be easy, but it'll be worth it. The second thing you've got to understand is you've got to learn how to be faithful among the fickle. Bible says what? Paul and Barnabas were sitting there. They were teaching. They were teaching a good word. I'm talking about that God had healed a man who had never walked before. That these folks were just ready to receive. And, and, and what happens is it says, and then some Jews from Antioch and Iconium caught up with them and turned the fickle crowd against them. You've got to be careful when you're dealing with fickle people. You've got to be careful when you're dealing with wishy-washy crowds. And the reality is right now and the way things are in the world, uh, the, it's the most fickle this world has ever been, at least in my time, right? That, that the world will go whichever way social media is going, that's the way the world will go. That the world will go whichever thing is viral in the moment, that's the way the world will go. And, and you've got to be very careful about fickle people, uh, about fickle people, because fickle people will be celebrating you one day and, and beating you down the next day. If you look at Paul, what? Paul and Barnabas, these folks were lifting them up as gods at one moment. I'm talking about they were lifting them up as gods. Paul and Silas were like, no, no, Jesus is the one. But they were trying to lift them up as if they were supernatural. But literally, because some other folks came and put a word in their ear, all of a sudden now, uh, they're they, they beating them down. Because they were dealing with fickle people. Anybody here, you got some fickle situations in your life? Anybody here know what it's like to have folks who can be celebrating you one day and cursing you out the next day? Anybody here know? She said she got to stay away from them. My challenge for you all, though, is sometimes you're dealing with fickle people. Sometimes you're the fickle person. See, everybody wants to hear, have you got fickle people in your life? Nobody really wants to deal with the fact that sometimes you're the fickle person. And you've got to do all that you can be not to be the fickle person. If you don't believe me, let me help you. It's right here in the scripture. Here goes Paul. Paul catches a beat down. They, they leave him for dead because the crowd got fickle. But remember, I read a scripture a little bit earlier that talked about another stoning, another beat down by a gentleman by the name of Stephen um, in, 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 in Acts the 7th chapter. Uh, Stephen was one of the early disciples, and Stephen got beat down. He got stoned to death. And the Bible says that Paul, who was then Saul, was the guy who held the coats for everybody. Paul is catching a beat down now, but Paul was the one back in the day that was there when they stoned and killed Stephen. It, 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 you've got to make sure. You see, a, a lot of times we believe that we are so saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost that we can never get it wrong. Paul, who was so at the moment, thought he was so religiously about it, about it, and rowdy, rowdy, that he was going around persecuting Christians to the point in which, in that Acts 7 chapter says, and Saul was right there congratulating the killers. That Saul was at a lynching. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. 
and was congratulating the people who killed the person. But now we find, now that God has changed his life, he's got to learn how to deal with fickle people. Uh, Somebody here today, I'm trying to help you today because I want you to understand that you've got to deal with fickle people with grace. Because you've been fickle yourself. You've got to deal with fickle people with love. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. Because you've been fickle yourself. I know it's hard, but the very ones that are giving the beat down, uh, you've got to remember there were beat downs that you were at yourself. It's interesting to me that, that I did not see Paul, when I look at this story, come back and get, get back, even though he came back. I, I didn't see Paul come back and try to beat down the folks who beat him down. I didn't see Paul go squad up. Truth be told, had it been me, Lord have mercy. Y- y'all might have had to have prayed uh, because the pastor, community of hope, uh, may have squatted up. Amen, somebody. Amen. I'm looking around at some folks who I know could get down with the get down with me. Amen, somebody. And, and I'd have been like, look, 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 uh, th- th- them bammers jumped me. Amen, somebody. And we about to go back and handle our business because I ain't going out like that. I, I, I might have been in my flesh. A- amen, somebody. But you've got to understand that what God is trying to do in you, that you don't go for get back. Lord, have mercy. Uh, that, 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 that it's not your job. Uh, to do get back that will ruin your testimony that I know they talked about you but it ain't your job to talk about them I know they misuse you but it ain't your job to misuse them I know they did you wrong but it ain't your job to do them wrong it's your job to realize I've done other people wrong and I've got to have the grace that God has shared to me that I've got to have the grace that God has extended to me me, that I can't use what they did against me to keep me from being a blessing to them because it will end up contradicting the work that God has for my life. Have I got somebody up in here that wants to be saved enough that you ain't got to be fickle? Have I got somebody in here that wants to be saved enough that you don't have to be on get back if there's going to be vengeance? The Bible says vengeance is mine saith the Lord. I tell everybody, I know you're trying to hurt me, but I'm not going to get you. But it's on God what happens to you. I'm not going to pray that God gets you. But if God gets you, it is what you get. Because vengeance is God. I just turn to God and say, God, you handle it whichever way you want to do it. If you want to give him mercy, give him mercy. But if you want, Lord, have mercy, Jesus. If I got somebody up in here that you know you've got to deal with some folks with some grace stop running back after the folks who talked about you because you want to set them up you're spending too much of your energy on the negative instead of putting your energy on the Holy Ghost stop worrying so much about them and just get yourself in position have I got anybody in here that could give God a praise for being in position third thing that I'm up out of here is you've got to get up and get to work. Turn to your neighbor and say, get up and get to work. Ah, Lord, have mercy, Jesus. And when I look at the scripture, what gets me, is when you look at the scripture, the scripture says that they beat Paul unconscious. Oh, don't they knocked him slam out. Paul's unconscious. They think he's dead. They drag his body out to the edge of the city 
to leave his corpse there. The disciples come. Uh, those uh, loved ones come. And it says, and when they gathered around him, he came to and got up. Lord, have mercy. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, get up. Yeah. I, I, anybody here, folks thought uh, that they had got you down and you wasn't going to get back up? Anybody here, some folks left you for dead? Anybody here, they left your dreams for dead? Anybody here, they left your purpose for dead? Anybody here, uh, that folks thought that they got the upper hand on you? They thought they were superior than you? They gave you the beat down? They misused and abused you? And took you like trash to the outside of town? They didn't take you by no hospital, but they took you like trash to the outside of town and left you there. But God had another plan for you. If I got somebody in here, then God had another plan and God had another work and God told you to get up and while you were unconscious, that wasn't you going to die, but that was God's whispering in your ear and telling you what the next thing was to do. And the Bible says that when the disciples got around Paul. That, in other words, when he was around his crew, in other words, you've got to get some folks that even when everybody comes at you, they'll still come to your aid and see about you. You've got to get some folks in your life that when you look like you down and not about to get back up, they come to see about you. You've got to get some folks that when you depressed and ain't called nobody and sitting in your bedroom with the blinds drawn and the lights turned off. They'll give you a call and say baby what's up with you? They'll come by the house and knock on the door and say hey I came to check on you I ain't seen you in church in two months. I came to check on you. Everything okay? You need some folks that when the world beats you down and you're down and laid out and left for dead they'll get around you so you can be able to be safe enough to come to. Is there somebody in the house uh, says, baby, I'm coming too. Uh, they left me for dead, uh, but I'm coming too. Uh, they left me uh, and thought I'd never be anything again, uh, but I'm coming too. Uh, but don't just come too, uh, but get up. Uh, don't you just lay there uh, waiting for somebody to carry you away, uh, but get up. Uh, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, get up. Uh, I know, I know, I know it's rough. Uh, I know it's been hard. Uh, I know it's rough, uh, but get up. Uh, you just can't wake up uh, but you've got to get up uh, the Bible says he got up uh, but then this is what I love uh, you've got to get up uh, and you've got to get to work uh, turn to your neighbor and say neighbor you've been on pause uh, for too long uh, you've been on leave uh, for too long uh, that too many of us uh, have been hurt by fickle crowds uh, now here's what I want you to see uh, the fickle crowd uh, that beat up Paul was not just unbelievers, but it was Jews, Lord have mercy. It was people of God who was some of y'all, you've been hurt in the church. Some of y'all you've been hurt by Christians who left you for dead and you got up, but you stayed, Lord have mercy. Stuck 
like Chuck. You got up, but you never went back to church. You got up, but you never served again in the church. You got up, but you let what happened to you keep you from ever going forward. But I thank God the Bible says that Paul got up and he went back into the town. And the next day they went to Derby and they preached the gospel and souls got saved. But here's what I love about the story. After they went to Derby and souls got saved, the Bible says, and they retraced their steps and they went back to Lystra. They went back to Iconium and they went back to Antioch. That every place they had drama, they went back to because they had set up folks in those places. They had set up churches in those places and they wanted them to know that even though you've been down with what we've got baby can't nothing keep us down with what we've got baby can't nothing hold us up have I got somebody in here that says I'm not just gonna get up but I've got to get to work get to work in my family get to work in my finances get to work in my community I know 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 that it's rough and you want to stay stuck but God didn't make you to stay stuck and let me let you know it won't be easy but it'll be worth it and when the time comes they'll be talking You know what's incredible to me? You had folks that were traveling to hate on them. They traveled from Antioch, traveled from Iconium to get to Lystra just to try to hate on them and keep them from doing what God had called them to do. But we know none of their names. It's thousands of years later, and we're talking about the one who cut the beat down. It's thousands of years later, and we know the name of the one they left for dead. And nowhere in the scripture does it say that Paul went back there on get back. It says Paul went back there to strengthen the ones who got it. And it's incredible because it said they retraced their steps to Lystra, then Iconium, and then Antioch, putting grit, Lord have mercy, in the lives of the disciples, urging them to stick with what they had begun to believe and not quit, making it clear to them that it wouldn't be easy. current, I believe a generation or two of pastors needs to apologize for causing you to think the gospel had an easy button. And so therefore we developed a whole generation of suckers for Christians. Christians who don't have no fight in them. 
Christians who, as soon as something goes wrong, now you want to leave the church and blame God. Because something went wrong in your life. Life be lifing. You don't quit what gets you through. That's when you lean into it. But we didn't develop Christians who can't get a prayer through for themselves. And so therefore, if you call me at 2 in the morning and I can't answer the call because I'm asleep and got the phone on vibrate, then you want to complain about how the church wasn't there for you in your rough time. When the reality is late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. It didn't say Tony's going to turn it around. And the same God I'll pray to for you in two in the morning is the same God you can pray to for yourself at two in the morning. But we've developed Christians who are so dependent on the pulpit. That when your mama's sick, or, or, or when your family member's sick, or when your loved one's sick, or when your family is going through, you don't have what it takes to pray for your family. Your children going through hell and high waters, and, and, and you run into me. I'll pray for them, but you need to be able to pray for them for yourself. I believe God can use me, but I believe that God can get you to get some oil yourself. And lay hands on your children and say, in the name of Jesus and by the authority of the Holy Ghost, you shall be who God has called you to be. That that will not come forward in this household. Said Paul and then retraced their steps and put grit in the lives of the disciples. Grit. That's incredible to me. It didn't say that, that he gave him a word of encouragement. It said he gave him some intestinal fortitude to make it through hard times. I'm done, y'all. He said, urging them to stick with what they had begun to believe and not quit, making it clear to them that it would not be easy. Won't be easy, but it'll be worth it. Won't be easy, but it will be worth it. I've come today to talk to some folks who it's a rough season and you need some grit. Come by to talk to some folks. Now, I'm not coming to glorify the roughness of the season. And I'm not even coming to say that the season is easy and you should get through it easily. I'm just coming to reaffirm for you that the God, the maker of the heavens and the earth is with you and will get you through. Whether you're walking through it and God is strengthening you 
or whether in times you don't have the strength yourself and God is carrying you, you will get through it. Turn to somebody, tell them you're going to get through this. Turn to somebody, tell them you're going to get. You're going to cry, but you're going to get through it. You're going to scream sometimes, but you're going to get through it. You're going to need to take a mental health day or two, but you're going to get through it. You will. Turn to somebody else, tell them we will get through this. What I like about the scripture is that when Paul got up, what you see is that they went to Derby and they came back. He wasn't doing that by himself. That's the reason that you get with the body of believers so that when you're going through your rough season, you got folks that can walk it with you. You got folks that can go along this journey with you. You don't have to be in. If you're in it by yourself, you're doing it the wrong way. But God will put people around you, not fickle people, but faithful people can help you walk you through this journey. As your pastor, I have not come by to say everything is going to be easy. We don't have an easy button here. I just can tell you everything will be graceful. God's grace is sufficient for you and for me. If right now you're going through a rough season and you need some grit and some grace for what you're going through, just raise your hand right where you are if you're going. Now do me a favor, just look around you as, and see how many hands are lifted up. I want you to see that because sometimes we feel like we're the only one going through a rough season. We feel isolated. Now, I know many of you all stories, and so I know that you all aren't going through the same season, but I know that you all are going through rough seasons. Your story or your issues may be different, but it doesn't mean the level of your challenge is different. Is that making sense to somebody? So you don't have to try to have a competition on who's got it roughest. Y'all know how we get. How you doing? Oh, it's rough, baby. It ain't as rough as me. Oh, well, they took my house. Oh, well, I'm on my second house for a close. Oh, my children ain't acting right. Oh, my children, right? And he's like, don't compete with me over who got it the worst. Let us both just pray with each other over how we can get through this together. I want to pray for every hand that was lifted. I want to pray for hands that were lifted online. I want to pray for people who are at home and you feel isolated. I thank God for online community and I thank God for what God can do online. And I know that there's some who you just don't feel comfortable coming back and that's fine because of COVID. But, but, but I do want to place the challenge to some who are watching online. Um, 
if the reason you're staying home is because it's more comfortable to stay home, I would challenge you to come out because while you can be blessed to receive an online and be a part of our online community, I really do think there's some stuff that can happen when you're physically with people in a way that you can connect with folks, look each other in the eye, shape relationships in new and fresh ways. If you're not comfortable because of COVID, I get it. We're still dealing with COVID. And in here, we are doing the precautions and the mask wearing, and we believe that we're trying to keep everybody safe. But I understand if you're home and you're home because you just don't feel comfortable because of COVID. But if you're staying home just to be comfortable, um, I don't want you to miss what God may have for you just because you don't want to ride across town. I want you to get in the house so we can walk in this what? Together. Let me pray for all of us online and in the house. God, in Jesus' name, we give you glory. Not because we're going through, but because we believe you're taking us to. And we thank you, God, for the word you gave for your people today. It won't be easy, but it will be worth it. God, in Jesus' name, whatever the situation, whatever the circumstance, whatever the challenge, I believe, God, you can meet your people right where they are. God, right where they are. Meet us, God. Right in our issue. Meet us, God. Right in our heartbreak. Meet us, God. Right in our disappointment. Meet us, God. God, whatever the challenge and whatever the circumstance, we ask that you meet us. God, I also, God, pray for your people here and online that you, God, would connect us with faithful people and separate us from fickle people. And God, that you would challenge us in our areas of fickleness uh, to not be fickle towards others. God, in Jesus' name, I thank you that the best is yet to come. I thank you, God, that through is on the way. I thank you, God, that deliverance will be, God, our case. I thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, somebody give God a hand clap of praise. Won't you do me a favor? Stand all over the church, all that are able. Stand all over the church, all that are able, all that are willing. Today we want to make sure that everybody here is saved, has a church. Here and online, saved and has a church. You can be watching us even a year from now. We want to make sure you're saved. But here at Community of Hope, we say something every Sunday. We're the Community of Hope where everyone has a chance. We don't care who you are, what you've done, or who you did it with. We don't care if you did it last night or woke up doing it this morning. But when you get here, you're in the right place at the right time to become all that God has called you to be. And we believe that God's got a blessing with your name. Slam on it. If you've never accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, you may be watching this online. You can make a decision right there online. If you've never accepted Jesus and want to give your heart to Christ today, we want to give you that opportunity. Uh, if uh, you don't have a church home, 
and you need a church home and you want to join Community of Hope, today's your day. We want to give you that opportunity. Or you just need to rededicate your faith. You need to say, God, I just need to get reconnected, recommitted to you. Today can be that day for you. If you're watching this online and you want to do any of those uh, right there in the chat, there's a link that's coming up. Or if you're watching this on Roku or Apple TV or Fire TV or any of those other things, or watching this even after the service has already happened, uh, that if you would just text on your phone, text to the number 77411, text Hope Decision, one word, Hope Decision, to 77411, uh, you can make decision and we will connect with you right there. If you're in the house today or if you're online and you've never accepted Jesus or you need a church home, or you want to rededicate your faith. If that's you, wherever you are, just raise your hand. If that's you, just raise your hand. If you're not saved, if you need a church, if you're not saved, you need a church, you need to rededicate your faith, just raise your hand where you are. Just raise your hand where you are. Just raise your hand where you are. Today is your day, and I know you're here. Today is your day. And I know you're here. Is there someone today you're not saved or you need a church home? Today's your day. And I know you're here. Do me a favor, Community of Hope. I want you to help me. And I want you to be purposeful in this. So a challenge for me, I'll share with you some kind of pastoral stuff. As you all know, I need to uh, get on the road a little bit to go preach, to be at the place about 1 o'clock. It's about an hour away. What can happen is I can let the watch rule me versus the spirit rule me. And so then I could end up being quicker in a moment that God wants me to sit in for a little bit. But I'm not going to let the watch rule me because somebody's salvation, this decision you're about, you're about to make, is going to change the fabric of your life. So COH, I want you all to help me. I want you all to help me while you're here. And wait till I say go. But when I say go, I want you to ask three folks around you two questions. First question is, are you saved? Second question is, do you need a church home? What's the first question? What's the second question? Now look, if you turn to them and they look like they don't want you to talk to them, ask them twice. Don't be scared of anybody around you because it's more of us here, amen? We deep. But ain't nobody going, right? But we want to make sure it's right with everybody. And for sometimes, you can be down, left for dead. But for Paul, it was when the disciples came around him. That's when he came too. Sometimes being among others somebody to care enough just to ask is all that it takes to help you to come to and to know that this is your season. What's the first question? What's the second question? Come on, all over the church. Ask three folks. Ask three folks. Ask them, are you saved? And if they're not, tell them, come on, I got you. I'll raise my hand for you. If there's somebody who wants to give their life to Christ today, Come, look, I, I, I'm going to raise my hand for you. <clears throat> I 
I've got you today. I've got you today. I've got you today. I've got you today. There's somebody today. There's somebody. If you're not saved, if you need a church, just raise your hand. 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 Just raise somebody today. I just feel it in my spirit. There's somebody today. Just, is that a hand? Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. I missed your hand. Hallelujah. Everybody stretch your hands over here. I'm sorry. Before you stretch your hands. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? You're not saved. You need a church or you need to rededicate your faith. Just raise your hand. I almost missed a hand, but God didn't miss. Amen. And I want to thank God that that's the power of having folks around you, right? Because the whole crew over here was like, hey, Pastor, stop playing. You're missing. You're missing. You're missing. You're missing. Someone else. Stretch your hands this way. Repeat after me. Just repeat this prayer with me, but everybody in the house repeat this prayer with me. Say, God, I thank you for Jesus who died for me and you raised from the dead that I could be saved. Please forgive me for my sins. I don't want to live that way anymore. And right now, I ask Jesus to come into my heart be in control of my life. I want to live the way you want me to live and be the person that you've called me to be. So today, I thank you that I'm saved. I got a church home. Rededicated my faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And come on, somebody give God a hand clap of praise. I